When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Future Brew, Michigan football recruiting right here on amazingbrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon, and Steven Asantoski is with me yet again to talk about some Michigan football recruiting. Man, I uh, I don't know about you. I was watching that game on Saturday on the edge of my seat, and it just seemed like there was big play after big play. If you're a recruit, you got to love that. So I, I don't know how you were. Uh, watching this game, but uh, how you doing, Stephen? How was your Saturday evening? It was good, man. I always hate night games. I hate when I have to wait all day watching other teams, and I'm just uh, ruminating on my couch. I uh, got so antsy, I had to go out for a run in the middle of the Penn State game. I just, <laughs> I, oh, just wow. could, I couldn't handle it, man. It was just like I've been sitting on this couch for four hours after the amazing uh, um, Red River showdown. That was a uh, that was an amazing game. Um, but yeah, after, after the noon slate, I was just like, man, just eats at me. If, if I, uh, if I had my vote, I would vote for a, uh, a noon game for Michigan every single Saturday, just get out of the way. And then I can enjoy the rest of the slate. So that's the, uh, anxious Steven on uh, football Saturdays, but it was great. I'm with you. It felt like a game that Michigan, um, you know, Kate McNamara said it best. It felt like a game that Michigan usually lets slip through the cracks when they're down. And um, yeah, you're right. When you're in a hostile environment, momentum shifts completely to the home team. It's it's tough to come back from that. And Michigan showed they have the ability to do that. So if I'm a recruit, that speaks towards some leadership that speaks towards the overall strength of the mental aspect of the team. So couldn't be happier heading into this bye week with uh, with that performance. Yeah, it was a good showing, and I definitely didn't get as antsy as you. I was unable to actually watch the noon slate of a football this past Saturday. I, I For those of you who don't know, I'm in a band, so the band had an afternoon gig down in Detroit, so we, uh, we had that uh, early in the afternoon. So I didn't get to watch any of that Oklahoma-Texas game, um, which was pretty unfortunate considering how that played out. I would have loved to watch it, but did get to see Penn State-Iowa obviously got to see Nebraska, Michigan. I'm with you. If I'm watching from home, noon is the best time to kick off for me. But if I'm going to the game, I want it to be three 30. I I like the three 30 games. Uh, You know, you get some time to wake up, have some coffee, go down to Ann Arbor, tailgate a little bit, have some, some brews and some food, and then go to the Michigan stadium and do all the late night shenanigans after that. So that's the real, the real question is how did the gig go though? Oh, the gig was great. Uh, yeah. the, the weather was was good. Didn't rain. The rain held off, which was phenomenal. Um, yeah, it was a good good sixty minute gig, and um, got a pretty decent showing of of people walking through the DeQuinder Cut downtown Detroit. It was a good time. Got to uh, yeah, I just love playing, man. It's uh, outside of this is uh, definitely one of my bigger passions in life. So it, it's always good to. Uh, to get out there and if, play, play some music, play some original if, content. If we don't start one of these shows with one of your band's songs at <laughs> one of these days, I'm going to riot. I'm going to, I'm going to 
raise some holy hell. Fair if enough. I don't, if I don't hear that. Fair enough. Well, I'll I'll uh, I'll make sure that there's no copyright infringement done. No, it would, there wouldn't be anything. It, it it would be all good. I'm in the band. I think we're good. I we'll have to see what we can do here, mixing in and editing everything. But enough go. about that. Uh, let's get to some football recruiting because we've got quite a bit to talk about. And uh, honestly, this is going to be like the decommitment special of Future Brew today. So let's just get right to it. Uh, discussing the decommitment of this first prospect here from Michigan, uh, 2022 prospect, four-star defensive lineman, Mario Uhino is uh, 6'3", 240 pounds from Clearwater, Florida, had uh, committed to Michigan uh, back on July 5th, not too long after officially visiting for that Victor's Weekend recruiting event that they had uh, for all of their top prospects in June. So he was a clear top target for them. Uh, when they were recruiting him back in the spring and into the summertime. And, and it seemed like they were continuing to recruit him uh, up until this decommitment on Thursday. He picked Michigan over other schools like Iowa State, Indiana, Georgia Tech. Those were like the main schools that were going after him. He, I, I want to say he visited Iowa State at some point. He definitely visited Georgia Tech. Uh, so those were a few schools that were going after him before he committed to Michigan. So. Steven, I'll just ask you real quick. What was your initial reaction when this happened on Thursday? Because this was certainly not something that I saw coming. Yeah, it was a little puzzling because he was a guy we've talked about at length, I think, in terms of fitting the edge position really well. Uh, for some of these guys, it's like you project them to the edge position, right? They're a linebacker or maybe a defensive end that could turn into that sort of player. And I don't think there was any question the fit that Eugenio would have in this defense. So usually when you have a situation where it's a really solid, like one-to-one fit with the defense, um, you have a team that's undefeated. You have a, um, you have just a lot of factors going towards Michigan for the edge position. You obviously have Aiden Hutchinson, who's um, looking like a potential all American, uh, pretty sure fired first round pick at this point, knock on wood. And then you have a guy like uh, David Ojabo, who's really flashing at that position as well. So there's no shortage of Michigan having production at that position, showing the importance of that. Uh, again, the skill set really fitting um, what Eugenio has to offer. So that means it's either one of two things, either there's like a relationship sort of fallout um, from Eugenio's side, maybe Michigan isn't as interested. I know there's um, some an interesting factor here because of Eugenio's teammate, uh, Tafik Thomas, a three-star defensive tackle that Michigan had previously been in contact with. So that's something that we could dig a little deeper on probably and see if um, any potential relationship between his teammate and Michigan could have an impact here. So it's there's something else, right? It's, it's not like a guy we'll talk about later who's decommitted from a different school where that school maybe isn't doing so hot. And, you know, it, it's, it's not looking like that. So I'm, I'm hesitant to say that Michigan is like cooling off on him because he didn't seem like a commitment that, um, that wouldn't have a spot in Michigan's class. Like, I think he was a, a really solid edge prospect overall. So to me, this, smells more of like a, a fallout 
or like a disagreement sort of deal where it's something just doesn't line up with the um, relationship side in terms of how Michigan staff is communicating with Eugenio in some regard. So it's puzzling. That's, that's kind of the one word that if I had to come up with it, it's puzzling because all the other factors that go into a guy like Eugenio seems like it would be a perfect fit, but um, there's something behind the scenes here that I think we're, we're kind of missing. Yeah, I, it definitely seems that way because I agree. I think he was a solid prospect still is a solid prospect last season had 42 tackles and 20 of those were tackles for loss, 17 sacks, a few forced fumbles, a couple fumble recoveries and two interceptions, five pass breakups as well uh, along the defensive line. So, yeah, I I think it would be uh, foolish to say that he just wasn't cut out to be a Michigan Wolverine just because he has the stats to back it up. And from what I could see, it seems like he's had a pretty good senior season as well. Definitely an athlete has played football and uh, competes in track and field for his high school down in Florida as well. So there's just a lot going there for him. I thought he was a good fit for the edge spot in Mike McDonald's defense as well. Now I saw that um, some recruiting insiders had said that, uh, you know, it wasn't too much of a shock to them and that Michigan coaches were split on Eugenio. And, and, but the thing is they don't really have another player like him. Uh, at this position in this class, I, you see that, you know, Micah Pollard and, and uh, Henry Cavante Henry, they're more fit for the outside linebacker, like David, what David Ojabo is playing where Uhino, it seemed like he was more fit for what they've got going with Aiden Hutchinson, Braden McGregor, those kinds of players uh, on the edge of the defensive line. So I don't know. I mean, if it's true that Michigan coaches were split on him being a fit in Ann Arbor, I, I just don't see how you could just give up a guy who's a four-star talent, has the stats uh, and the track record to back it up. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't. It was, it's just puzzling to me, like you said. I think that it really is the the best way to put it is that it is puzzling. So I don't know, Stephen. I guess I'll just throw this to you. Do you think it's good for Michigan to just give up on a guy like that uh, if that is true, despite not having a full buy-in within the staff, and if there wasn't? a full buy-in, then I kind of question why you even offer him and let him commit in the first place. Yeah. That's one of these things where maybe he committed before Michigan kind of gave the green light because in today's recruiting world, there's an offer. And then I'm doing like an air quotes offer where it's kind of like, wait and see. So it could be potentially one of those things. I'm thinking kind of back to like the Kurt Taylor situation. I think that was what the 2016 class going back what feels like yeah, 20 that's, years. Yeah, that's a long way back, man. Yeah. Kurt Taylor, I haven't heard of him in right. ages, but continue, but, please. But that was one of those situations where he received an offer. Michigan kind of wanted wanted him to wait, and he didn't wait. So Michigan, you know, honored his uh, commitment there. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. It doesn't seem like it would. Um, the only thing that's odd for me is I would expect if this were a kind of scenario where Michigan had, like, other guys they prioritized higher and thought they had a more realistic chance. Um, it's sometimes you see that where a guy maybe isn't impressing in a given season or Michigan's board is really blowing up, getting a lot of crystal balls for similar type edge players. But I just think Michigan has the room for the number of bodies at that edge position. It's going to be such a position of, of need over the next couple of years just to 
you know, obviously replace a guy like Hutchinson and have that level of athlete. So I think, especially with the portal, you take as many of those guys as you can, just because of how important it is for Michigan's defense to be successful. So I'm saying all that just because like, it's just further reason why it, it wouldn't really make sense. So to your question about like, should Michigan continue to recruit a guy like that? Now, if a guy is decommitting to go see other like bigger programs, like, like say he, like a BAM offer rolled in or another huge offer and he's backing off of his commitment to uh, respect other schools in his, um, in his recruitment, then that's a scenario where it's like, yeah, absolutely. You want to continue to recruit that guy. You obviously have a solid relationship thus far, and you need to continue to push regardless of what other programs are now sniffing around. So that's a different case than what we have here, where this seems like there's, you know, some disagreement in the staff or just some, some, something soured here to where, yeah, you might be able to continue on that recruitment, but it's, it's way less likely you're able to convince him that he does have a spot since that, that kind of, like, I guess that's just going to linger, you know, where the decommitment of the other kind is one where it's like, he's just reevaluating all of his offers. And this one's like, yeah, I don't, I'm not really getting a good vibe from this staff, from this program. I'm going to look elsewhere. So it feels like the latter where he's, his mind is, is kind of made up. Now, again, this is just my conjecture. And I think it's probably worth putting out feelers um, here and there, but it's not one of those that you can, that I feel like you can continue to like go all in and, and put a full court press on them just by the nature of, uh, of the decommitment. So I think you got to probably just start looking elsewhere. I think Michigan has a fair number of edge offers out there. So um, I'm not necessarily concerned because I think there are some young guys on the roster um, that can fit that you do have like a Cavante Henry that could bulk up into the edge position, but um, now you're, you know, adding one more body that I think you do need to add to the class. That is a, a, a true edge prospect to replace, uh, Eugenio in this case. Yeah, I think so too. And they've, they've got to start looking quick if they haven't already, because they've, according to 24 seven sports, at least with the way that they have their uh, position, uh, I guess, rankings here, uh, with the edge, uh, in consideration 16, edge prospects that they've offered in this class and several of the these offers are already um uh, you know they've committed elsewhere they've got Cavante Henry uh, listed as an edge at 6'4 225 Joshua Josephs is another prospect that they are recruiting very heavily he's 6'3 215 so I don't know if he would be set for an outside linebacker role kind of like what Ojabo is doing right now but I'm not sure, but uh, I mean, among the other defensive linemen that they're going after, just straight D linemen, obviously, Walter Nolan, but he's a long shot at the very best. Uh, Isaiah Hastings is a three-star defensive lineman that they've been recruiting for a while. Obviously, Deion Walker, the in-state uh, four-star defensive tackle from Cass Tech uh, that they've been recruiting for a while, which I want to talk about him in just a second. But just finishing my point here, they got to act on these guys quick. Because a lot of the D linemen that they already have, which are good prospects, they got Mason Graham. Obviously, Kenneth Grant is a monster. You and I agree there. Uh, we've talked about him at length. Uh, these guys are all fit for the interior. And they're going to need a, a couple guys on the edge, whether it's Henry that, like you said, bulks up 
and ends up playing defensive end. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, it seemed like when they took him, they wanted him to be more of a uh, outside linebacker pass rushing role. So I don't know if their plans have changed in that regard. I don't know what they're planning on doing. Perhaps they look at the transfer portal this off season, which uh, in these days you could go, it's, it's pretty much as easy as going to little Caesars and picking up a pizza and walking out of there in five seconds. So in regards to uh, who I just brought up though, that I want to talk about Dion Walker, the in-state four-star defensive tackle. Eugenio was uh, super tight with him too. They had expressed wanting to play together in college. Obviously it doesn't look like that's going to happen at this point, but I just wanted to throw this at you because I don't really think it does affect this in a negative way, but I want to get your take on it is, do you think that this negatively impacts the recruitment of Dion Walker for Michigan at all? Because I saw an article recently that kind of made it look like Michigan wasn't doing a super great job of recruiting him over the last couple weeks, but it still seems like Michigan is leading or at least uh, at the very least, one of the leaders in this recruitment, just because of all the crystal balls uh, that have remained on him, uh, despite all of this kind of happening within the last week or so. Yeah. I mean, it's not great when you have a guy who obviously communicates a lot with another target and then decommits. So if Mario Eugenio was one of the leading forces in trying to get Deion Walker to commit to Michigan. Obviously him not being there is you're losing that communication. And, you know, at the very worst, he could be saying some negative things about Michigan. You know, that's, that's on the staff at Michigan to kind of bridge that gap of saying like, listen, this is what happened. We're still, you know, really looking to have you in the program. And I think the effect it would have had, is a lot more if Deion Walker wasn't from the state of Michigan, right? So if, say, just for this sake, instead of being a cast tech player, Deion Walker is also from the state of Florida with Eugenio, then that's something where there's a lot more likelihood that playing together for Deion Walker and Mario Eugenio would would actually happen. Being that Deion Walker's from Michigan, Eugenio's from Florida, I think that's a lot less likely to be a case where um, you know, Dan Walker has a Bama offer and that's like one of the, you know, maybe not the like main reason that Dan Walker hasn't committed yet, but I think their recruitments aren't necessarily as lined up as a guy like, you know, maybe Damani Jackson and Will Johnson, two guys from different states, possibly playing at the same program for a guy like Johnson and Damani Jackson. Uh, those guys could play essentially anywhere they want together in the country and they still might not. Right. So there's, there's less of a factor of that when you have um, when you're not as highly ranked, when you're not two five stars, the likelihood of playing together um, are a lot lower just because the likelihood of all programs offering you um, that lineup with the other players, just not going to be there. So so I, I think the biggest impact would be if Eugenio decides to take whatever negative experience or whatever reason um, they decommitted from the Wolverines and try to uh, convince Walker that it's not the place for him, right? So I I, I don't know what's going to happen because they're, they're young guys and I definitely did some things in high school that <laughs> looking back, it's like, oh, I don't know if I should have done that. So, <laughs> so I don't know, trying to get in the mind of a – 17, 18 year old is, is hard to do, but I think it's, it, it's on Michigan now to put even more of a full court press on Deion Walker because of that, uh, you know, slight falling out with a uh, Eugenio that occurred. 
Yeah, trust me. We've all done some stupid stuff in high school that we regret probably, whether you uh, <laughs> remember it fully from a night of drinking or not, uh, or if it's just something along those lines, like uh, football recruiting. I digress. Um, yeah, I, I don't think this is going to be a huge, huge deal at the end of the day with, with Walker's recruitment. I think that you know, when it comes to recruiting, this stuff happens all the time. Players decommit. They look for the best spot for them. And obviously, Walker is looking for the best spot for him. And uh, I don't have a strong belief that the the best place for him is wherever Mario Eugenio lands. So in that case, I think, uh, you know, it, it may have rubbed him the wrong way a little bit. But I think at the end of the day, it won't be. Uh, a huge deal. So uh, there's all that, but yeah, certainly will be interesting to see what they do with the edge in uh, 2022 here, whether they go for more recruits in high school transfer portal, mix of both. Wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, uh, a mix of both there, uh, but we'll certainly have to see. And uh, uh, we'll certainly bring all of you uh, updates on all of this when it happens. But for now, we are going to uh, take a quick break and we are going to talk about another player who decommitted this time, not from Michigan. This one might be uh, a positive for the Wolverines. We will talk about that on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. Thank you for sticking around. We're going to end our discussion today here with another decommitment. It's been nothing but doom and gloom. It seems like whether it's for Michigan or former Michigan assistants this time, uh, in the form of Don Brown, the now defensive coordinator for Arizona. Uh, he lost a player to decommitment over the past week, and that was 2022 three-star defensive back Zeke Barry. You may have heard of him. We've talked about him a little bit on Maze and Brew. So let's just refresh you your memory if you don't remember him. He's six feet tall. 185 pounds. He had been committed Arizona since July, but has decided to reopen his recruitment after Arizona started the season. The exact opposite of what Michigan has done. They are 0 and 6 and have quite a few really, really bad losses there uh, for Arizona. Don Brown's defense not playing all that well. Um, I wish I could say I'm shocked, but I'm not. But anyways, Michigan offered him back in August and uh, they've been actively recruiting him since then, uh, despite his then commitment to Arizona. And uh, he is ranked number 384 overall on the composite is from Concord, California. So they are dipping their feet into the waters of the state of California yet again, probably with the assistance of Courtney Morgan. And uh, you would imagine that the other defensive coaches, Ron Bellamy, Steve Klinkscale, they're probably in on this action as well. So, Stephen, with Michigan still going after some of these other corners, like Damani Jackson, for example, uh, we brought him up recently. It looks like they may be wanting to take Zeke Barry as a safety, which, in my opinion, I, I think that's a good thing. Uh, they, they don't have a safety, uh, or at least a true safety in this class. They've got three guys that you would imagine that they play at cornerback uh, with Wilt Johnson and uh, Cody Jones. It, it, they just really need a safety or two in this class. Uh, where do you think his future lies in college in the defensive backfield? Is it corner? Is it safety? Is it maybe a mix of both? Kind of like what Dax Hill is doing this season. What's your take on Zeke Barry? 
Yeah, I'm mad you brought up Dax Hill because I was going to say he could fill that role. And also put some respect on Arizona. They are 0-5, not 0-6. Oh, All right. th- thank you for that, uh, pardon the interruption-esque uh, errors and omissions section there. Yes. Thank you so they, much. Yeah, and they are the third best team in Arizona behind both Arizona <laughs> State and Northern Arizona. So they're number three. All right. So. All right. Sorry right, to disrespect. A... Are, are you from Arizona, Stephen? Have I ruffled some feathers? Is there no. something good? Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> no. And and the final fun fact about Arizona is they're one of their second losses of the season. I don't know why I said one of their second losses. Their second loss of the season was to none other but Brady Hoke, San Diego State. So that's oh, another fun man. fact. So, so many, so many parallels here. I just, I can't. <laughs> yep. And Zach Charbonnet ran all over them last week for over a hundred yards. So that's enough Wolverine. Um, I don't know why I'm trashing Arizona. I actually really like Don Brown. I like Jed Fish. I, I hope they actually do something because I think they're good, good guys overall. But anyway, Zeke Barry makes sense that he'd be committed from Arizona. Um, had a recent visit to Oregon. So um I think it's notable that he said that he will not be making a final decision until um, he's taking an official to Ann Arbor. So that's a, you know, good sign that Michigan will for sure have a chance here if he is going to um, vacate the West. I think Pitt was the only other school um, away from the Pac-12 that he was considering. So um, could be one of those cases where if he's, committing somewhere outside the pack 12 Michigan's the best shot. So um, he does a little bit of it all. You know, I like his film at wide receiver quite a bit. Um, he has the ability to be uh, deployed at kick returner. He has some film at running back. And uh, you mentioned kind of his bread and butter at cornerback and safety. So I do, I do think he should start at safety. Um, his hips are there to work at cornerback. There is a play, like I think three minutes in or so, uh, in his film where he really flips his hips extremely well to fly up to the flats and make a good hit on the, uh, um, I think it was a running back out of the backfield catching a pass. So um, he had he has the hips to make it work at cornerback. I do think his hitting makes him um, a pretty pretty solid player at, at safety position, and he does have a really good burst that goes with um, pretty decent long speed. He has, I think, 11.12 I saw. Uh, 100 meter dash time, which is solid. You know, it's not elite, but his burst did uh, stand out more than his long speed. And he does play faster than what I think that time does suggest. So when you have a guy who has a good burst like that, good hips um, and is physical, I think there's more ways to deploy that person at safety that are of value than a pure corner. Um, But I think we've kind of talked about this position a little bit because you want to leave an open spot for Damani Jackson. If you don't, you want to be able to have a guy you can move over to that position. Um, and because you have more of a true athlete that you can start to recruit at safety, um, that's not going to ruffle any feathers with uh, Damani Jackson's recruitment. So um, I think you're right. Safety was a position that we, we've mentioned before needs a lot of TLC for this 2022 class. And um, he has a lot of potential there. So I, I, I do really like his coverage skills. And I think you try to, I don't know if he's a guy you can introduce right away to the Dax Hill role. I think the defense will need to change some things just because they don't grow those, those guys on trees. But I think down the line that he has a mix of skill set that you need 
um, to kind of play that position. So I think that is where Michigan will, as part of recruitment, show Dax Hill's film and say, this is what we need this player to be. And this is what we think you can, you can do. So I think Michigan's got a really good pitch. And um, I think if all things go well, uh, it's hard to see a successful team like Michigan compared to what, um, to what the uh, Arizona Wildcats are showing him. It's hard to see um, Michigan not having a realistic shot. Oregon's the only team that, you know, is number what three in the country or, or number eight in the country, whatever, wherever they are yeah. um, that can, you know, pose a, a threat in, in sneaking away his recruitment, but it seems like Michigan's going hard for him. And I do like his skill set quite a bit. Yep. Michigan, it, it's really going to come down to that visit. He officially visited Oregon on September 25th uh, for their game there. And then, you know, just a couple weeks later decommitted from Arizona. So you, you would imagine that probably some combination of uh, Arizona not playing well and Oregon doing the complete opposite and playing well and him officially visiting there probably had something to do with his decommitment. Obviously, Michigan being in the mix as well, going to get a visit like you mentioned. It's really just going to come down to that. Can you give Zeke Barry a better visit than what Oregon gave him uh, just a few weeks ago? It's going to be really key for that uh, recruitment. And I would definitely anticipate uh, another commitment from Zeke Barry, probably not too long after his visit to Michigan. Uh, speaking of safeties, though, you mentioned the the TLC of the safety position of what Michigan needs to do here. They have another safety uh, target who's going to be committing somewhere next Monday. His name is Damani Dent. He's a three-star guy. We've talked about him. As of right now, it looks like the choice is going to be Michigan. Wolverines could really capitalize at the safety position uh, if they get Barry uh, to commit to them after his visit as well. So for all the struggles that they've had uh, recruiting safeties in this class, if you finish with a guy like Dent who has had a good senior season, was a late bloomer, but is starting to turn, turn it on a little bit here, and then you get a guy like Zeke Barry, who you've been actively recruiting for a little bit now, has decommitted and has now shown this renewed interest in your program. Honestly, Steven, I don't think you could really ask for much more if you're Michigan at that standpoint. You get two solid prospects and you just move on to the next, the, the next class. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think we talked about Dent and how it's pretty crazy. He's like 1400 or something on the composite, which just doesn't align. And for Michigan's safety targeting here, they must see something with Oregon's safety development because in terms of Damani Dent's other offers, you know, he, he has a couple of Mac schools, uh, Arkansas State, another one, Georgia State, Pitt, and then um, Oregon. Oregon's like the only other power five team outside of Pitt that uh, has offered Damani Dent. So it's really interesting that Michigan is kind of targeting two guys in both uh, Damani Dent and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and Zeke Barry that are Oregon's main competition here. So that's, that's an interesting thing where Michigan must be either aligned with Oregon's um, recruiting focus here on that position or uh, it got late in the cycle and Michigan says, Hey, who's Oregon targeting? We should probably take a look at those guys too. So it makes sense for a guy like Zeke Barry, who had pretty much all of the PAC 12, right? You'd expect a, a team like Oregon to be involved, but Demaya Dent's from Florida. 
and with no other offers, I think there's something there where guys that Oregon's really prioritizing happen to be ones that Michigan is uh, as well. So, you know, that's, that's kind of one of those things where if, if I'm looking late in the cycle to add a couple guys to my program, I look at which program do I really respect in certain positions? You know, I'm probably going to look at who is Wisconsin looking at under the radar linebackers or um, who is Nebraska looking at for some random Midwest under the radar offensive lineman, things like that. You know, I don't think the Nebraska comparison is as strong as the Wisconsin linebacker one, but I think you get my drift. So that's my theory that Michigan is looking at Oregon's offer board and kind of snuck in here for Damani Dent. And uh, they could do a two for one, take out both Damani Dent and Zeke Barry. Um, that is one thing that's going to going to be interesting to watch of how Michigan approaches um, both Dent and Barry, because they're projected to play at the same position at safety. So Damani Dent's primary recruiter is Ron, uh, Ron Bellamy. And uh, I wasn't able to see who Zeke Barry's was, but that'll, that's just one of those things where you, you want to ensure that you pitch kind of how we were talking about how uh, Juwan Howard was pitching two power forward recruits. How are you, how are you going to play together? So it'll be interesting to see how Michigan kind of uh, works together on that sort of relationship between those two. And Ron Bellamy is also the primary recruiter on Zeke Barry. I looked it up. So that'll be interesting that both of them are, have the same primary recruiter um, projected the same to the same position and got to make sure that they don't, you know, interfere with each other's commitments here. Cause it's looking like, um, that uh, Damani Dents is coming up, you know, really quickly in the next week. I would, I would doubt we would see anything sooner than that from Zeke Barry. So that'll, that'll be interesting. I'm hoping to read a little bit about how those two guys are going to interact here in the next week or so to kind of project the future for uh, Zeke Barry after that potential commitment from Damani Dent. Yeah, I I think you're on to something with this Oregon thing, too, because I've thought about that once or twice before. It's just it wasn't super long after Oregon offered Dent. Michigan came in uh, with their offer, and then it, it just seems like the same way with with Zeke Barry. It seems like they've they've got some. I don't know. I don't know if it's like they're just actively looking at <laughs> at Oregon's safety board or what. But it, I have thought about that before, admittedly, um, it just. At the very least, it is a very strange coincidence that uh, honestly, you just hope that it goes your way and hope that uh, you're able to put on a, a better official visit for uh, for Barry than what Oregon was able to put on. Uh, you can't really go wrong with either of those teams, honestly. I mean, you got two top 10 teams recruiting you. So whatever choice they make, I mean, it won't be a bad one, uh, whether it's Michigan or Oregon. So. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. It seems like they've got things pretty figured out at cornerback. Safety is really that one spot uh, that they've been working on for such a long time. And uh, they were working on Keon Sab for a while, and they still continue to work Keon Sab, the four-star safety who's committed to Clemson. But it's uh, tough to get anybody to flip over from Clemson, uh, even if they're struggling the season like they have been. So I don't know. It, it'll be really interesting. It's it's honestly probably the top position for me that I'm really interested to see how it develops over the next couple months 
going into the December early signing period. See if they're able to get Dent next week. See if they're able to get Zeke Barry after his official visit, whenever that may be. It'll be really interesting to see. So, uh, Stephen, I'll throw it back to you for any final thoughts that you may have today. No final thoughts. I'm uh, I'm all good. I'm with you about actually, you know what? I say no final thoughts. I'm going to have a thought. Um, safety, I think, is quickly becoming a position, not necessarily of concern, but you want a really safe secondary there at the safety position. It feels like Michigan has had one of the more consistent safety depth charts over the past few years um, going back quite a while. I can't think of the last like true liability, excuse me, that Michigan's had at a safety position. And after this year, you're pro I mean, you're almost certainly losing both Dax Hill and Brad Hawkins without, you know, another five-star Dax Hill coming in there. I do like guys on the roster, but in terms of replacing, you know, like a fifth year, six year veteran, however long Brad Hawkins has been around and a five-star and, and Dax Hill, that's not easy to replace. I like guys like Makari Page, like RJ Moten, glad they're getting some experience, but um, it's going to be a position for the 2022 season that is going to be um, pretty, uh, a little scary to start and there's going to be a lot of projections. So as much talent as you can add and, and scrounge up as a part of this class to kind of add a buffer from that transition year is going to be, uh, going to be pretty, pretty useful in the coming years here. So I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. It's going to be a position I'm watching the most to close out this class. Yeah. They've been playing Rod Moore quite a bit this season too. And I think he's looked pretty decent in the, ample playing time that he's had. Yeah, they've, they've, they've got a lot of interesting guys back there. You mentioned Makari page. He's played, he played quite a bit last year, hasn't played as much this year. And then RJ Moten, he's been on the field more often than not at the safety position for Michigan. And, you know, they've got other guys waiting in the wings, Jordan Morant being a guy who's kind of been, uh, well, he had a foot injury at one point kind of seems like he's slowly making his way. Um, Back from that, Quentin Johnson was another four-star guy that they had uh, who's made some appearances on special teams this season as well. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how they approach it moving forward. And obviously just, you know, seeing them replace those two guys, like you mentioned, it's a uh, it's a tall order, but it can be done and it's been done before and it'll be done again. So we'll wait and see what happens. But in the meantime, that is it for our show today. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. Steven, where are you at, my friend? You can find me at Steven Toski. You can also find Steven's beautiful face on our Maze and Brew YouTube channel. Uh, always, <laughs> fishing, <laughs> always giving us good film analysis and all that. Uh, all, the, all the stuff that I personally don't know, but I always learn a thing or two when I watch Steven's videos. So go check that out. Give it a subscription. We would greatly appreciate it. Follow Maze and Brew on All the social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it, we're there. Give all of our podcasts five-star reviews and uh, download, subscribe all of our podcasts on the SB Nation Podcast Network with Maze and Brew. We would greatly appreciate the support. For Steven Ossentosky, I'm Vaughn Lozon. We'll be back next week with more Michigan recruiting. Until then, go Blue.